0: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwall, 951 East I-30. If you want to come and see us, I know your map app is going to tell you they're not open until 11 o'clock. They are are open right now just for us. So come on out, Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwall. We're having a Cowboys party today, or we'll still let you be mad if that's what you want to do. Mm, can we still celebrate the mad Rangers about World what? Series?
1: Mad about the stars? Yeah. What are you mad yeah. about today? Because they be lost about in about the overtar- overtime?
0: Mad that you can't le- relive that World Series? Well, I, I can, guess you can. I can do it every, every day. single day. I can
2: close my eyes and hear Eric Nadel say it, and then uh, I relive it.
0: Or maybe we can just play it for I you at some it. point. Yeah. Not not yet, not yeah. yet. So lots qu- of
2: good reasons to enjoy Friday today.
0: <laughs> it is also a shout-out Friday, eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three 881 1053 in the truckwreck.com
2: text line. And it's December, so that means you can start putting your lights up and your Christmas decorations. Oh, we will get to that, that at 12.20. Cowboys
1: put their lights up. They lit up Seattle. You they get did. It? Do you get the, the, the correlation thing I did there? I
2: heard. I heard it, Mike. You didn't have to explain that one, oh. actually. Yeah, I that think that's how
1: you have to do it for a Marconi, though. I okay. think you have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, uh, yeah, that was a fun game last night. That was entertaining, fun
0: game. So what I'm curious about from the people this morning, I want to know the vibe is are you more pumped about this Cowboys win or worried about what's happened to the defense?
2: Um, I am. I'm more pumped about the win. Okay, let's go. Because you needed that. The Cowboys' defense is something that they definitely need to clean up, and I'll definitely ask Jerry here in a little bit because there were three major meltdowns in that game from that defense. Three major meltdowns, and I'm not even counting. The 73-yard touchdown to open the game for the Seahawks. I'm Are you talking counting about when they
0: scored touchdowns on three straight plays. Yeah, and was a whole bunch of things.
2: I'm t- I, I'm t- yeah, that was a little awkward too with all those flags. But I, I'm counting the, the the drive that they got before before they went to before they got the drive to go uh, into halftime, and then right out of halftime. They had they had two big time meltdowns there, yeah. and then another one shortly. They scored later like six on
1: touchdowns, but only one counted. Luckily,
2: at the yes. end of the half, I was like, "Yeah,
1: how many times they actually scored a touchdown a whole bunch of times?" But
2: but what I want to bring, what I want to what I want to highlight the most though is Ferguson. That dude's attitude all game long was, "You're not getting after me." There was a play, there was a series, Kevin, where he had. Three straight plays where he was going back and forth with Frank Clark, and Frank Clark was doing everything he could to get into his head, and Ferg was like, no, dude, I'm here tonight, and you better be ready to deal with me. He was the man last night.
1: Well, I hear what you're saying, and I'm thinking of this as it was an individual game, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm happy they won, but it was – am I worried about the defense? Well, I guess so a little bit, but it was an individual game. If you watch the Seahawks play Thursday night on Thanksgiving, you'd say their offense – is horrible yeah. without cussing. Okay, but then their offense was great yesterday. It was an individual game. Does that mean Seattle's offense is now great? No. Does it mean they're probably as bad as that San Francisco game? Probably not. Maybe it's just a matchup situation. Did they
2: learn something from I, the San Francisco but, game, or did they just see we can expose Daron Bland all night?
1: i I'm, I just think that. Yeah. I mean, that happened. Uh, is I just think that. It was an individual game. The Cowboys came out on top. Yes, there are things to be excited about. There's things to be worried about in the future. But it doesn't mean the Cowboys are going to play bad defense the rest of the way. Maybe they will. But I don't think that game is like, oh, the defense is bad.
2: There were moments, Kevin, I think it was 28-20 was when I said, and there's another series where the defense looks completely overmatched and out energied and out energied is not a real word okay but they looked it like they be. didn't they look like they didn't have that that level that next place to go to but then they did it late in the game. Whenever it was time to make those plays, to make the big stops, they had those. And I don't know if it's because they were not having the energy earlier or if it was Dak coming over to the defense and saying, y'all need to wake the F up because it's time and we need y'all right now. We've been doing our part. And they did. They they did their part to get back in it offensively, went, uh, get up on it, and then and then they said, all right, defense, you need to make your plays late. And I will say
1: the defense did step up late, right? They yes. stopped them on fourth down and then they stopped them to win the game. It was the most crazy. Easy uh press conference uh thing that i heard and i think geno smith was telling the truth they intentionally wanted yeah, micah parsons to That's not weird. be touched and within one second being geno smith's face and they needed the running back dallas at that point right yeah. they needed him to line up on the left-hand side of geno for a right-sided uh screen play so they needed him to get across micah unblocked do not touch him and then get across that, get open for uh, a lane to pass to, and hope that all the Cowboys also rush the passer tremendously. Which I know it didn't
0: work, but I is least, gonna get there in one second. But at least I understand and I appreciate that they laid out what they were trying to do. I know it didn't work, but at least I, I, I did like that they gave us their thought process behind yeah. it. here's what we were trying to accomplish. It's, it's it really stupid.
1: It's well, like me cool. throwing the ball down the middle to Barry. It's like, yeah, man, <laughs> I think that down the middle is gonna be the thing he least expects at this time.
2: <laughs> and then he what did he do? He hit a home run. Yeah, that was that I, was what happened. I, I there.
1: Was, I don't get – I mean, it's great. I love this. I love it for the Cowboys. I don't get how maybe the fastest human being literally to ever play football, mm-hmm. to ever play – faster than Lawrence Taylor, faster than anybody I've ever seen get to the quarterback unblocked is Micah Parsons, and they're like, Gino will have enough time to get this ball to Dallas, find the lane. And all the Cowboys within one second will also be as fast as Micah Parsons and get up the field. So the, Because I don't think it would have worked because – Micah got there so fast that the other defensive linemen couldn't really do much.
2: You've heard this for the last two years now, quarterbacks saying that they underestimate Micah's speed. That they don't sure. realize how fast he is until he's in their face and they're like, Whoa, hold on. You what feel like that there? would stop happening. You at some point you feel like it would, but I think you just kinda have to like test it to be like to, to really see it. And it's like, you know, that kid that's just walking around going, What happens if I push this button? And then you find out <laughs> what happens. And that's what happened last night. And and yeah, that's the they were hoping that Micah whenever he's running there that he would kind of stutter just a second. On the running back a little bit and kind of peel back off on him, but then instead, what happens? Micah says, "No, I'm coming. My job is to come hit you," and then it forces the ball out of his hands. So I don't know that, like, based on the numbers last night, that Micah Parsons it changed anything for his defensive player of the year award like potential because he didn't have any sacks, right? But he had lots of pressures and he impacted the game last night just like he's supposed to, man. So it was—I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, There were moments last night where I was like, "I don't." I don't know if I can handle this season anymore. And then, you know, the Cowboys make a few plays that I'm pretty proud of. They had some really, they had a couple of drives where they finally had attitude offensively. And I, I was like, okay, there it is, Tony Pollard with a big boy run right there, Jake Ferguson deserving. Because when Dak Prescott runs over to the sideline and he's starting to get jawed at by, was it, was it a Witherspoon or was it a Tariq Woolen, and they're all up in his face, I was like, what should happen right after that? Your quarterback just put a, uh, his shoulder into somebody, which he hasn't been doing yeah. lately, and the entire team sees everybody. Now, they did have to call a timeout. And why did they have to call a timeout? Because Dak's over there jawing with somebody. Maybe it was three or four seconds or something like that.
0: I thought that was going to kill them when they had to use (laughs) that timeout. Just because of where you were at the game, I was like, oh, my God, you're going to come to this point where you're going to wish you had that timeout But they needed that attitude. They needed to
2: let the Seahawks know. And then who gets the touchdown on that play? It's Ferguson, who deserved that for what he would put in throughout
0: the night. Do you think when Dak was in that dude's face, he was like, what are you going to do? I'm a quarterback. You can't do (laughs) nothing, man. You can't lay a. Finger on me. Yeah. No, I that's... could push you to the ground right now. <laughs> they throw a parade for oh, me. They'll throw you a flag can't, on yeah, you. <laughs> you can't do nothing to me right now. And this is one of the things I don't always agree with. Like obviously Mike has been outspoken about it this year, is the the double standard coverage on the Cowboys. I don't always agree with that. This is a scenario where I believe I will because I've already seen a lot of pushback. So I'm glad this is where y'all are at about, oh they barely beat blah 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 blah. But when Philly gets smoked defensively against Washington twice and barely holds on both times, wow. They did it again, yeah, the, you know, and so that is, is the most important. part. That is one part of the double standard that I think might be in play here. And when people are like they finally beat a team with a winning record, I'm going to be like, hey, don't forget about week two against the Jets. Yeah, but
2: and now they get an extra few days to rest before they go Philly play Philly. Game. So this is a this is a positive thing to come off the win and still have a plan and, and get your guys some rest as you're moving along here.
0: And they're nine and three. Mm hmm. That this is pretty good. They're 9-3, and three and they won the four games that everyone's like, well, you need to win these next four games. All right, well, they did. Mm-hmm. And so now you go into yep. Philly, and let's see what you got. Look, That'll it, tell us a lot. And they locked up the five seed at
1: worst. That's what they did yesterday. Agreed. So now you don't have to worry about falling to six or seven. You're in the playoffs. and worst-case scenario, you're the number one wild-card team. That being said, I know that they would like to win out and, and have – Hopefully some tiebreaker situations sure. or whatever sure. go their way and, and be the one or two seed. Because if they win out, I think there's a good chance they would be the one seed. So um, I, I'm I'm happy with the win. I know we got to go here to break, but I'm happy with the win. It was a fun game to watch. Are there concerning things on the Cowboys? Yes. Do I think it's the death of the Cowboys because they gave up 35 points? It's an individual game. Yeah. It, to me, it doesn't mean this was – One game, when was it, 42? I guess the Philadelphia game. They gave up a lot of points against Philadelphia. Mm So maybe they will. Maybe the next four games they average giving up 35 points. But I just – I don't think so.
2: They have some things to work on, but they have a lot of good things to build on.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwall. Yes, they are open if you want to come and join us. Coming up next, what football game are you most looking forward to this weekend? Because man, there are a lot of options. 877-881-1053. We'll do that next right here on The Fan.
2: 99 yards and they got stopped several times in the red zone and had to settle for field goals. Otherwise, he might have 40 points right now.
0: Keelan Robinson on the return, there he goes! Robinson inside the 40, they finally get a chance, everybody breaks a tackle, and Robinson looking back at the
2: defender. Touchdown, Texas, 95-yard return!
0: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through The Fan. We are live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwall, we got Jerry Jones coming up about 1030. Got a huge weekend of college football, a chunk of which you can hear right here on the fan. But it's also a shout out Friday from the 817. I like this. Shout out Friday. My son, Blake Elliott, the fan phenom, who has made it his goal what? to be on the radio reporting sports and doing it with stuff from UNT on 16th. That's from proud Tolo mom, Kimberly. We know him. Go
2: mean Green, baby. Yeah, we got to hang out with him on Peaceathon night. My first time to get a chance to talk to him, and he was very excited. He was very excited to be part of the team, and we're happy to have him, man. He's awesome.
0: Now, I know usually this ends up being a pro football segment, and I definitely understand that. Like, is
2: there- positive towards football? Yeah,
0: that's a fair question. Professional football. That is a great question. Thank you. Professional football. And I know everyone is jazzed about the 49ers-Eagles game, but I feel like other than that, this is a college football weekend, right? Especially with so many things kind of still in flux with the playoffs.
1: So... I'm really interested in this because of Texas. I'm not a Texas Longhorn fan. I'm not a Texas Longhorn Starter hater. Goes
0: to UT. I know. Yeah. But
1: I do want Texas schools to succeed. So whether it's Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Texas, I like when a Texas school makes a final four or a playoff situation stuff like that. So I'm hoping Texas makes this playoff situation. So I'm really interested in tonight's game. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if Oregon wins, now both teams have one loss, Washington and Oregon, right?
0: I, I think this is a winner-take-all game. Okay. And so, like, I think – All
1: right, fine. <laughs> takes it away from no, me. No, I'm no, no, thinking. no. No, Mike, I, I'm – just telling me what? Texas is Are you is still out. excited or uh, are you not
2: excited anymore?
1: He's, he's. You know what he's doing right now? He's doing this. S-
0: no, 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 no. You hope an A&M yeah. gets in? Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: we have to go into the way
0: back machine to make that happen. No, I, I think whoever wins Oregon, Washington right. is in. And that might Washington right. might think that's unfair. But whoever wins this game is in. Whoever doesn't is out. All and right. So I can
1: see that they're three and five, correct?
0: Yes, exactly. Gotcha. So that's one spot off the table. Now, the beauty about Saturday, Mike, is I think you're really going to dig the way it unfolds is because Texas plays early against Oklahoma State. So obviously you have yeah. to win that game or else this whole conversation is irrelevant for the Longhorns. Yeah. Win the game, you're in play. And then... I always worry about kids and let's
1: face it, college people are kids. I know that they can be tried as adults and stuff like that, but those are kids playing uh, a sport. Is I worry about those Texas kids looking at scoreboards and luckily nothing... So they're playing so early, luckily nothing's happening. But exactly. I'm, just, I'm hoping their brains aren't towards... I wonder if Alabama is going to do this or I wonder if Florida State and Louisville are going to do that. See,
0: and that's and that's the thing. Go out there. You're favored by a couple of touchdowns. Put a put a beating on Oklahoma State. But you just got to win. If you win, you're still in the conversation. And then it gets really interesting from there because both Georgia and Alabama, followed by Michigan and Iowa, are right here on one oh five three. The fan that Georgia, Alabama game seems to be concerning to a lot of folks. If Georgia wins, then the conversation is over. Georgia will be the number one seed. They're in. So will the Pac-12 team we will all move about our life and figure out the other two spots. If Alabama wins in the history of the college football playoff, nobody has ever been number one most of the year and dropped out in the final weekend. Okay. so that's going to be scary. Because if Alabama
2: wins and I'm going to take championship game away from you is what you, is what that means. I, like, okay. I,
0: I see. I, I just don't know how the committee is going to sell this because they're like, well, Alabama has to get in. Yeah. They beat the number one team all year. And then Texas is like, well, hold on just a damn minute. We beat Alabama and they're going to be like at their house. Yes. And so I understand all of Texas's complaints. If Alabama and Georgia get in. And they do not. I think that is a completely valid reason to be upset. So we're pulling for Alabama for chaos. Like, If was, you want chaos, I, want, I
2: always want chaos. If you
0: want chaos, yeah. have Alabama win and see where the cards fall. Because does that mean SEC gets zero teams in, two teams in? I don't know. But the, the most logical path for the Longhorns is to have Louisville beat Florida State. Florida State is already missing their quarterback. I know a lot of people think Florida State has smoke and mirrored their way to 12-0. and 0. I just don't think they'll leave them out if they make it to 13-0. and 0. Like, I understand their QB is hurt. I understand all that. If they go 13-0, and 0, win their conference championship over a, you know, a, a fine-ranked team, yeah. they're not going to leave them out. So Texas is screwed. McCreary. No, 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 no. Should've I did not OU. say that at all.
2: Should have beat OU. That's true.
0: Well, then they would have definitely (laughs) been in a position
1: Florida State wins. They're in. Yes, the SEC is going to get a team in.
0: Uh, That's what I think, too. All right. And then the the Pac-12 is in. So then you'd have to hope that Iowa beats Michigan and oh, I know yeah, you don't think happen. you don't think there's any chance in no, hell that's That's the happen.
1: easiest game to predict if you're just picking picking who's going to win.
0: Do you know what the spread is on
1: that game? I think I saw it at 23. It's 22. Oh, it's gone down.
0: Well, <laughs> but still, but that's what you would need because then yeah. I think the Big 10 gets no teams in. Yeah. But I don't believe that is going to happen. Mm. So, I think Winner of Pac-12 is in. I think Michigan's in. I think Georgia's in. And then How many times do you think he thinks
1: wrong, Corey? Um, I mean, I
0: told you, if you're looking for hope, Last night I said the Cowboys would win by double digits against Seattle, and they did not. I uh, I will say I this. predicted
1: forty one to thirty five.
2: I am no, two hundred million to one against Kevin in things. So that's uh, true. Uh, I will say like the for the professional for the NFL because it sounds like Saturday. I need to tell Carter. I'm sorry I can't watch your orchestra performance. I have to go watch college football. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. It's at why like, haven't you done that already? Well, I mean it's at two o'clock is the performance, and I figured I maybe have a little leeway to work with. But I don't. know. Are you know. a
0: game time? To decision for I am that? a
2: GT yeah I'm a game time decision there uh Kevin I the pro game I'm a little interested in the Lions saints because the lions I want to oh, know if they're okay. if they're paper tigers and I'm very interested in dolphins commanders because the dolphins are, a are? Team, yes uh because you just you just destroyed the commanders But what are the Dolphins going to do to them? And you have the Dolphins coming up. If there's an injury that happens in that game, that could be a big factor for the Cowboys in a couple of weeks where you're looking at that team as maybe the one that they, you know, they try and score 100 points a piece in that game.
0: Does Texans Broncos do anything? It's very interesting
2: because it's a great test. Uh, against a very good defense for CJ Stroud. And for, like, this is the continued apology tour to Sean Payton from you and Jared Sandler. Fair. Uh, who will be at his, uh, at his event on Sunday night. But, Kevin, the most important game of the weekend to me is going to be taking place at John Kincaid Stadium. Oh, this is high school at playoffs. At 91 91 South Polk. Brian Adams K- versus Duncanville? No, it is DeSoto, <laughs> DeSoto and Cedar Hill in the regional finals. And I'm looking forward to that because this is this is high school football, man. High school football at its finest right out there. DeSoto and Cedarville or Cedar Hill. I, okay, I, yeah. I know that the Cedar Hill had a uh, were they were they five and five to start? I, they must have the playoffs been. In, the, in DeSoto's 12. Are
1: you rooting against well, DeSoto
0: I'm, because they beat? Duncan. No, I, I just want a good game.
1: A lot of those Not kids that. know each other because that's the Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill. That's little tonight. area. So triangle. Um. I mean, I think DeSoto is going to win by 20 or more. Nothing against Cedar Hill. I'm not rooting against you guys, Cedar Hill. But just looking at what DeSoto did against Duncanville, what DeSoto has done throughout this high school season, I don't think Cedar Hill has a chance. Good God. But... I mean, you, you never know, I guess.
2: 623 points for, uh, 212 points against for DeSoto. Yeah, so. no,
0: it's a <laughs> it's a big road ahead of them for sure. And the
2: last game between the two this year was 51 to 30, uh, I do believe. So oh, so that's not great.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwell. 35-13. They are open if you want to come see us, Let's and go. we would love that. Coming up next, we will talk with Dallas Cow. And General Manager Jerry Jones right here on 105 through The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through The Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwall off of I-30. If you want to come pop out and see us, we're right now brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is Dallas Cowboys owner and General Manager Jerry Jones. Good morning, sir.
3: Hey, Kevin, Corey, Mike. Man, it's good to be on this morning.
0: So... Did you guys go into that game wanting to make sure that Amazon was getting their money's worth on this (laughs) TV package?
3: (laughs) Charlotte sat with with their executives during the game, and uh, after the thing was over, she said she looked over with that look in her eye and said, hey, did you get your money's worth here? You think we kept them tuned in? (laughs) But uh, too much so. Boy, they, uh, uh, they really were... A well prepared. I'm talking Seattle. Uh, they uh, uh, did a great job uh, of, uh, frankly, executing. Uh, the quarterback uh, we knew coming in. They'd try to run the ball a little bit, but then they would uh, be trying to uh, uh, take the ball with the big plays, knockout punches, and that's what they did. And uh, so it was quite a uh, it was uh, quite an effort on our part to get in that fourth quarter. And basically uh, uh, everybody bucked up and basically took it to the house with uh, great play on both sides of the ball. And uh, uh, that fourth quarter, uh, I remember when I was in college, our coach used to tell us in the fourth quarter, hold your hand up and put four fingers up because that's when you're not pretty anymore. That's when you're tired. That's when you've been maybe had a tough game. Uh, that's when it's got to come to the top, when it's uh, not your best as time physically and uh, could be behind. Well, that happened to us last night, and I'm really proud of our group. Jerry,
2: I want to talk a little bit about your tight end last night, uh, Jake Ferguson. We had him on mm. a couple weeks ago uh, and to talk a little bit about, you know, just everything that was going on, and, and he's he talked about his past and how – you know, being a physical player was really something that he was grown into as a young kid and even as he went to Wisconsin. And last night he just seemed to be playing with so much attitude. Did you see the, you know, the the back and forth between him and the Seahawks players and him putting a stamp on it throughout the evening?
3: You know, his dad's granddad is Barry Alvarez, the great coach there in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, uh, so he comes – his lineage is football through and through. But he was inspirational last night, very inspirational. And uh, he was taking it to them uh, uh, early and late. I'll never forget about uh, uh, a few games. Maybe really it was the start of the season. And I was just uh, kind of, uh, how are you doing today? And We know how we greet each other. Uh, and I looked at him right about the time he was Getting ready to go out on the field before the game, and I said, uh, "How you feel today?" And he looks down, looks up at me, down at me, and says, "Dangerous, <laughs> dangerous." Well, I kind of did a take back and looked at him, and boy, he meant it. But he's a physical player that has some great skill, and um, boy, is he having a year.
0: I know. I was curious your overall takeaway on the defense last night, because I know you said when the game was on the line, they stepped up and made back-to-back stops in drives, and that was huge. Earlier in the game, there were a few things that felt pretty concerning defensively.
3: Well, uh, they were going to use that quarterback's – he's got an outstanding arm. Now, he can hum that ball, and he can throw it downfield really well. And uh, we knew that was going to be the case. And they probably have uh, as good a receivers, plural, uh, as there is in the NFL by, you know, they're, in, the, in my mind, they're in the top 10% of receivers, their makeup. And uh, we paid the price. And, uh, boy, he was going to throw that ball quick, and he was getting it out quick, keeping us from getting our hands on him or getting around him. And he was stepping up there and making the throws, and they were making the catches. And uh, I was quite concerned when they came out the second half and uh, made that long, made that uh, long drive for a touchdown. Uh, that one bothered me because I knew we had made adjustments at the half. The the
2: other thing too is that it seemed like throughout the evening they were targeting Deron Bland, who I mean we can't take away the success that he's had with his pick sixes and even the interception last night. But what, what did you see? What did you, what was seen there? You think by Seattle they said we can take advantage of of that specific guy on that corner?
3: Well, frankly, I thought they were doing a pretty good job all over the secondary, and uh, <laughs> not to criticize anybody, but uh, uh, how, how do you how do you uh, uh, look into a player and look for makeup, what's he inside, on the players that can have a bad play go against them or bad plays go against them and then step out there and make great plays. Now, that takes a special makeup. Boy, he's got it naturally. After getting burned there several times, having arguably a rough out, boy, he turns up and makes that great interception. Now, we didn't get a score off of it. But I promise you, it inspired us for him to make that um, interception. And that's as good a catch as I've seen off an interception any time.
0: I know generally feelings from y'all have been pretty positive about, you know, the general officiating across the NFL. I felt like at times, I get it, don't commit penalties, but... I felt like the officials were really overbearing on the game last night, and it felt kind of like that Raiders game Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Is it possible for officials to get too involved in the game?
3: Oh, I think so. I don't think anybody uh, is satisfied with a game that has 18 calls. Uh, I mean, excuse me. What? Each team had 18, I think. Or,
0: it was or 19 I total. Bopper. I've just yeah. looked
3: at it. But the point is that uh, no, that's not the way we want to uh, uh, basically have our games go. And uh, usually uh, uh, the areas of, of concern, if you look, uh, are one area or the other. Uh, the crew, and this isn't a criticism, and you notice I'm being very careful because I don't want fine. If I'm going to give some money, i want to give it to Salvation Army. Fair. But uh, <laughs> uh, the point is that... Uh, uh, that uh, the penalties definitely impacted the game, just that they probably were pretty even-handed. Uh, but that crew has a reputation for making those calls.
2: Jerry, how much how much more can you get out of C.D. Lamb at this point? Like this guy, he he does everything and he does it so well. His I, I'm always I'm not even surprised at this point by the things that he's able to accomplish.
3: Well, I think he'll take. Uh, 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 just uh, seeing how he has evolved and knowing the potential that he had uh, for pro football when we drafted him. Uh, He was there. We didn't think he would be there. We really hadn't given the kind of evaluation that you might if you thought you were going to take a receiver in the first round, and boy, there he was. Uh, And uh, uh, I was excited about him, too, because my best friend had just passed away that I played with at Arkansas, and he was number 88 Lamb, and he was an outstanding receiver, so uh, that made it a good one. My grandson basically was saying, man, look at the production, look at the production, because that was a COVID draft. Well, he was certainly uh, evaluated to be an outstanding player, and to see how he has improved on that. And he has just taken his level of play up. And then, more importantly, to see how Mike McCarthy and Dak, to be very pointed, have um, uh, are using him and getting the ball to him, giving him the opportunities. And um, it really is a credit to everybody concerned.
0: Since you just mentioned a really interesting combination with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott is – Dak's having probably the best season of his career. I, I'm curious does the credit for that go to both of them and what is their relationship like? Do you feel like they have a good relationship?
3: Of course they, they really do have as my, from my perspective an outstanding uh, relationship. Now uh, Mike McCarthy uh, has outstanding people skills and boy is he a uh, uh, he's the prototype of what you want—he's the prototype of what you want on a uh, uh, coach relationship with a player, much less that position at quarterback. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Dak is uh, communicating, and they're your two key decision makers on the entire team uh, relative to what's going on out there. I think it's a great combination. It's uh, it's it's ideal, and like I've said many times. Mike would have been in this spot from day one had you not had Kellen Moore and had he not really had the opinion, high opinion, of Kellen Moore. And he wanted to, uh, when he came in, Kellen Moore was a big plus for him. Uh, But uh, uh, the the way this thing has evolved, uh, I feel about as good about that relationship and how they're working together. And uh, uh, Dak believes in what... uh, Mike is trying to build here in terms of the offense. And uh, uh, I don't mean to imply that Mike's not involved in the (laughs) defense either, but still, he's the busiest man uh, in town. And uh, he's doing a great job, McCarthy.
1: Jerry, after the Philadelphia loss, a lot of the analysts were saying, all right, the Cowboys are going to need to win the next four games to get to that Philadelphia game to have a chance to possibly still win the division. I know you have to take one game at a time, but now that that four game stretches over and you guys went 4-0, and were you thinking the same thing after the Philadelphia loss looking at the future?
3: Well, uh, I think uh, uh, in your question there, you hit it. It really is one game at a time here and should be for us. Uh, we've got to chop wood, so to speak, and we've just got to put our head down, and we've got to figure out how to uh, win a series, win a quarter, uh, and win the game against Philadelphia. And that really is our charge from here on out. Each one of these teams we're going to be playing have their uh, challenges. Philadelphia is obvious. And uh, we've just got to try to somehow uh, be ahead when that uh, final uh, buzzer goes off. So, so to speak, uh, uh, it, we really do need to do just what the players are doing. And they're not going to look past that guy in front of them another time until this thing's over this year.
2: I wanted to go back to, to Dak real quick, uh, Jerry, because we, we've we heard from Micah uh, that Dak walked over late in the game and had some choice words for everybody over there. <laughs> and Micah said uh, he made me blush. And then the then the defense goes out there and makes a, a big stop. And I'll, I'll credit Mike, uh, my, my co-host Mike Bassick. On that fourth down stop, he said, this game's over. The Cowboys just won it. And y'all still had to score some points to make that happen. That, that little talk from Dak Prescott, I don't know. Does he, does he do that kind of stuff often, or does, is it, man, he, he spoke for the first time in a long time, and we needed it. We needed to wake up.
3: Uh, let me say this. He's, uh, we have never had uh, a better leader. Uh, I used to say uh, uh, that Michael Irvin uh, was the best leader that uh, I had been around uh, as a player. And uh, that's the one with the most stroke is a leader player. Uh, Roger Stallback, I'll never forget when I was asking him uh, when we were uh, moving on from uh, Romo, and I said, I'm really looking at drafting a quarterback here over the next period of time to try to hit on one. Would I get a move around guy or would I get a traditional pocket pass, drop back pocket passer? He said, Well, I don't know about that, Jerry. But the most important thing is get you somebody that the team will follow. Well, Dak Prescott's the best pied piper for everybody. I'm not just talking about the team. I'm talking about the coaches. He is the pied piper of the team, and he does a great job in this area. Often it's kind of like when you say a player is an overachiever. Well, that implies that, well, maybe he's a little deficit in skill. Well, this is just not the case when you say this quarterback is a leader. He's the leader at the right spot. But more importantly, he's got extraordinary skills uh, and got uh, the more important even than all of that is how hard that he works at what he does. And he works harder than anybody we have known in the, coming from the classroom to the practice uh, to the field. But the most important thing about all of this is Dak Prescott has had his proverbial butt kicked most of his life. And, boy, he understands uh, playing down because he's had a lot of down in his life. And uh, when you want to really look at the number one thing in my mind that makes somebody successful is that they've learned how to be down, get down licks, and then turn around and not flare and overcome them. That's what we've got at quarterback.
0: And with all with all those kind words, I have no doubt that obviously you want to win a Super Bowl for you, for the franchise, for the city, and for Dak Prescott. You want to load up the team as much as possible. Any opportunity that this weekend y'all will be adding a new linebacker, what's the latest on Shaq Leonard?
3: I really don't know there at all uh, what that's going to be. Uh, the, the indication uh, is right now that... Uh, uh, he will be addressing his future after the, uh, this weekend. And so uh, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's where we are on that one. And, uh, again, uh, we uh, uh, had a great visit when he came through, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Jerry, we
1: had big ownership news in uh, the world of sports is that Mark Cuban is selling the majority of the Dallas Mavericks to Miriam Adelson and also um, Patrick Dumont. And that's the Las Vegas Sands Corp. From what we understand, you have a good relationship with uh, those people. What are your thoughts on um, the new owners of the Dallas Mavericks?
3: Well, uh, they're fine people. Uh, They were really in the hunt to build the new stadium uh, that the Raiders have uh, and uh, not necessarily at that location but uh, all three of them her son-in-law who's the uh, day-to-day manager of their uh, s- certainly this project and uh, these kinds of projects like Casino in that area but uh, uh, they uh, came with, uh, with Sheldon while he was still living and I spent a day with them out at the stadium uh, here at AT&T and going over not only the stadium but the uh, philosophy that we have on, on running it and running the team and sports. And then I recently had a great meeting with her here in town early fall. She came in with her son-in-law, and we had a great meeting. She's outstanding. She's a uh, doctor. Uh, from, uh, she came from Israel as an adult. Uh, is savvy, savvy, savvy. And uh, she's got a good organization about her, uh, about w- w- with her there, and uh, will uh, uh, unquestionably uh, do a great job. As far as the decision that uh, Mark made, uh, I'll, I'll go along with his decisions anytime. And he knows how to make good ones, and he's made them. He's got a great story of his career, and what he's done, and he didn't do that being dumb. And so uh, I promise you, uh, uh, this will be in the best interest, in my mind, of sports and the Maverick fans.
2: And the last thing here, Jerry, b- the 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 wisp, the conversations that we've been having have been evol- revolving around gambling here in Texas, and it's not legal here. And I'm just kind of curious with uh, with that kind of a move. A person who's been in Vegas and, and understands that is that does she is there a possibility for a lot of influence in a, a potential movement for gambling in Texas? And would that be a good ally to have?
3: Well, of course they um, they have uh, been successful. Uh, in that area, but uh, uh, gaming, sports gaming for, for instance is probably in half the states in the United States it's not in Texas uh, but it is in the United States uh, now that's different from uh, location gambling, casino, that kind of thing uh, but, uh, uh, but we have great relationships with uh, uh, that industry uh, in Oklahoma and so we uh, Uh, I'm very much a proponent of uh, what that does for sports, uh, but I'm more a proponent of uh, having it uh, controlled, having it regulated, having it uh, with accountability. And uh, uh, right now we have millions and millions of dollars that are going out of Texas, and uh, gaming has uh, uniquely uh, just take our lottery. The overwhelming benefactor with our lottery is our educational system and the kids and going to school. And so uh, uh, I'm a big proponent. Uh, it, it causes the, the biggest thing it does for uh, sports and the NFL, it causes uh, more people to get involved uh, in a more intense way for longer periods of time watching the games. And that's a big plus.
0: Man, appreciate the insight as always. Good, sir. Congratulations on the win. We will catch up with you next Friday.
3: You bet, guys. Good to be on. Great to be on. Yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah, it is.
0: Bye, Jerry. There you go. Yes, sir. Jerry Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. A couple of interesting things like obviously we've talked at great length about sports gambling, and I also appreciated that he set up the differential there because you remember when we talked about last year the two different proposals that were being floated out there is one was essentially just the access to sports gaming and sports gambling. The other one- Like was, on an app. Like exactly, your, okay, yeah. exactly. Like People ask us that all the time. Yep. And then the Kevin, uh, where do you make your bets? And then the other thing that was pushed forward was destination style casinos and everything like that. So I appreciated that he separated those off because there was two separate bills that they tried to get through the Texas House and the Texas Senate. And speaking on the gambling front, Dak Prescott is now second in the MVP odds.
2: In your face, Mike. He has never do it.
0: Well, look. There's a lot
1: more time left. For his sure. momentum is incredible right now. Mm-hmm. But we know this. All it takes, I'm not saying he's going to do this.
2: A 123 if he yard loses, game.
1: If he loses next Sunday, it's over. Yep, Th- yep. It, he can't win it. It would be impossible for him to win. So uh, at this point, his momentum is great. There's so many more games to be played where all it takes is one game from one of these competitors. And Dak has put himself in the race is you go oh that took him out of the race yeah. by the time we get down to it, it'll it be down to two people it's always down to two people at the end of the year it always comes down to two people right now we still have kind of a group of five people but Dak is in that group of five
0: and it's Jalen Hurts Dak Mahomes Lamar Tua interestingly enough that puts Purdy on the outside even though we've talked about him being and Purdy's the top in there EPA. too because
1: you know what Sunday he wins 33-23 to 23 against Philadelphia. He destroyed the Cowboys. He beat the Eagles. They uh, all of a sudden now. He's brought, got a great case. Like, to me? Yeah. You want me to tell you something? I would put all my money, not all my money, but if I was just had whatever money I had to bet on MVP, I would bet on Brock Purdy right now because of the odds. Not because I think he's going to win it, but if he's sixth or seventh or eighth in these odds, he's, 11,
0: he's a He's to your point, Mike. He's 11 to one right now. Dak is four to one. Yeah, I do not think it's three times more likely yeah. that Dak wins MVP than Purdy. Because
1: let me put it this way. If Purdy wins and he beats Philadelphia and he beat the Cowboys 42 to 10, I know not all by himself. And they roll to a 13 and 4 uh, record. Who we're gonna pick Dak over the guy who beat him 42 to 10, and then he also beat Jalen Hurts. It's gonna be tough. I
2: will say it was smart to tr- uh, try and give Dak a MVP opportunity last night in front of a big time audience. Sure, right. like that was very sm- Dak McCarthy said we're coming out throwing baby, and then they did all night long. Uh, but I, I agree with well, you guys. I think it's because he has opportunities. Run. And his numbers, his efficiency numbers, Kevin, are big. Not just like, hey, he's pretty good at it. They're big.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. We are live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Rockwell. Come and join us right here on 105.3 The Fan.